Okay, kiddos, come on up. I've got some things for you today. Come join me. Come join me. Ah. Hey, Livy. Come on up, baby. Hi, sweetie. Come on up. Yeah? It's Owen. Do you want to sit behind me again? Okay, come on up. All right, have a seat, Natalie. Hi, everybody. Miss Angie's going to join us. And Chris? You are right on time, buddy. Don't you worry about it. Okay, kids, we are starting a new series today where we're going to read a Bible story together. But first, I want to ask you a question. I ask you two questions. The first one is, how was school? Good. Yeah? Those of you who started school, you did okay? Are you super tired? It was a long week, wasn't it? The water bottle helps. Yeah, with Spider-Man. Very good. Okay, next question. What is a pattern? What's a pattern? I know. What is it, Owen? A flower? A flower can have a pattern, absolutely. Kenya, what do you think? Combines colors. Patterns can be in a color. Colors can be a pattern. What else? What's a pattern? It's something that we say or see or hear that repeats itself, right? Something that we say or see or hear over and over and over again. So I'm going to read you a story about when God created the world. And I want you to listen for the patterns, okay? Okay, Miss Angie has the pictures. You can look at the pictures. We also had the pictures up on the screen as well. Are you ready for the story of creation? Hear now the word of God. In the very beginning, God's love bubbled over when there was nothing else. No trees or birds or animals or sky or sea. There was only darkness, Chris, when God created the world. Did you know that? Only darkness. And out of this love, God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was day, and there was night. And when the first day was done, God smiled and knew that it was good. You see the picture that Miss Angie has? On the second day, God said, let there be sky where the clouds can float and the wind can blow. And the sky was bright and beautiful. On the third day, God said, let the waters gather together in oceans and let the dry land appear. Now, God decided to make the world even more dazzling with tall trees and long grass. And then the first flower, like the one you mentioned, like the one you mentioned, Owen, the first flower opened in all its glory. And on the fourth day, God scattered pardon me, on the fourth day, God said, let the sky be filled with the sun and the moon. And then God scattered the stars across the sky like diamonds. Do you see the stars there on the picture? On the fifth day, God said, let there be birds to fly and to sing and fish to swim and to splash. Do you like to splash in the water? Yeah. Yeah. Fish splash in the water too. My, in, in my neighbor's 
swimming pool. Yes, in your neighbor's swimming pool. That's right. And the world was filled with the joyous sounds of birds singing. And on the sixth day, God said, let there be animals like elephants and giraffes and cats and mice and bees and bugs even. And lions, absolutely. And suddenly the world was a very noisy place, but still something was missing. And God said, I'm going to make people. And I'm going to make them like me so that they can enjoy the earth and take care of it. And God did just as God said. And it was also very, very good. And God looked at everything that God had made and clapped hands together in, together in delight. Can you clap your hands? Can you clap your hands? Yeah, that's what God did when God made the world. Isn't this wonderful? And on the seventh day, God laughed. Did you know God laughed? God laughed and then rested and enjoyed the good creation. So I have some questions for you. What patterns did you hear in this story? Oh, I, I hear a poison flower. You heard flowers, yeah. What else? What did you hear? What did you hear over and over again? I'm yeah, God, God said, let there be, and then God created and there was morning, and there was evening, day and night, over and over again. So what do we learn about God in the story? What do we learn about God in the story? Anybody? What do we learn about God? God is creative, right? And what do we learn about people? God made people to be creative, too, and to enjoy the world. So we're going to play a game. Can you help me play a game? We're going to list some things that God made using the letters of the alphabet. Okay? And I'm going to give you a hint. Animals and plants and food, those are good answers. Okay? So let's start with A. What did God make that starts with an A? An ape. Yeah, an ape. What about B? An apple is good for A. And what about a bear for B? And C? Cat. Yeah. And D? Dogs. Good, good. And E? Elephants are a favorite. And F? And tiger. <laughs> we'll say tiger for T, but flowers, yes. What is it? Fluoride. Yeah. Fluoride. That's a good one. What about G? What did God make the search with a G? A giraffe? Yeah. What about an H? Um, I know. What is it? A, a very cute whale. A whale? For W, we'll see. Yeah, that's a good one for W. But for H, what about a horse? Horse? Yeah, and you, our adults and our older friends can help us too. What about I? What did God make the search with an I? Ice. Ice? Yep. Or an iguana? What about a J? Jaguar, Jake, yep, Jake, I mean Jake, yeah, that's a good one. What about K? Uh-oh, it's okay. Kangaroo, that's a good one. And L? Elephant. Lion, and what? Elephant. An elephant is a good one for E. The lion, and M? Monkeys, Megalodon, yes, Megalodon. What's a Megalodon? It's a prehistoric... Shark, that's right. Dino Dana. That's where you learn these things. Dino Dana. 
Uh, an N is what? What's an N? A Neanderthal? <laughs> it's, what about narwhal? Narwhal's a good one. What about an O? Octopus, you nailed it. And P, what starts with P? People, yeah. What about Q? Quail, what was it? Quiet. Yes, not up here, Steve, not up here. Uh, R. R. Rhinoceros, S. We're almost there, guys, hang in there. Slithery snake or spider or spider man, right, Owen? Yeah. What about T? He's real in our imaginations, though, right? What about T? Triceratops and you. Unicorn, yeah, that's right. Using our imagination. Or an urchin. What about V? I know. What is it? Zebra is for Z, and V would be violet, and W is, you already said whale, and X, X-ray fish, there you go, our science people, and Y, a yak, what, because we love you, you, that's right, and Z for zebra, very good, God made all those things and more, but most importantly, God made you, so let's pray. Repeat after me. You ready? Say, Dear God, help me to enjoy and care for your beautiful earth. We pray in Jesus' name. Let's say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your help. You can go to Sunday school or back to your parents, wherever you learn the best. Olivia, what are you going to do? You going to preach? She could. She could take over. Thank you all so much for your help. So this is how it's going to go. (laughs) Uh, We are going to invite our kids to teach us something as we go about this sermon series, which we are calling The Stories That Made Us. And so we have read together, let me get my notes back in order. We read together the story from the Children of God Storybook Bible. And I will tell you a little bit more about this as we go in our sermon today, but I want to invite you now to think about that reading that we shared with the kids, the story of God's creation. This is the word of God for the people of God. So we say thanks be to God. Amen. 
So a few years ago, I can't believe it's been this long now, when Augie and Natalie, the older kids, were two and three respectively, I had the opportunity every afternoon while Jason was still at work and still working on his doctorate to walk them home from preschool. They actually went to an academy that was located inside the church building where I was serving and we lived across the street. So this became part of our daily liturgy. I would walk them home and we would settle in into our living room with a snack and some playtime. It was really precious time for me and I remember it very fondly. And I remember one particular afternoon as I was preparing the snack, I saw Augie on the floor playing with some of those classic wooden colorful blocks, and he was sorting them by color into plastic bins of the same color, and I thought, wow, this kid is a genius, and so I called my mom and told her how proud I was, and of course, she celebrated with me and affirmed that her her grandson was a prodigy and brilliant and would go on to do great things. And then she very gently, as the preschool teacher that she is, reminded me that this was a totally age-appropriate activity, right? He was on target. This is what kids do. It's an early math skill, so I was right to be proud of that. But this is how kids get oriented in their world. It's how they learn to make sense of things. It was perfectly appropriate. He was a typical kid. But that was something to celebrate too because the imagination, the viewpoint of children can be something that brings us joy and inspire us, inspires us to see things another way, to take a look at the world from their perspective. And that's the whole premise actually behind this sermon series that we're calling the stories that made us. Maybe you're familiar with the movies that made us or the toys that made us. You can find those documentary series on the streaming service Netflix if you're inclined to watch them. But we're taking our own spin on this in this five-week series as we look at some of the Bible stories that many of us grew up learning about. And perhaps you were like me, and this wasn't around then, right? This came out in 2010, but maybe you remember the Bible stories that look like this. So from my generation, for sure. Or what about this one? Amanda, do you remember this one? We had this one in our house, too. Yes, okay, yeah, Amy. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm not, I'm not condemning them at all. I found these in our Morningstar library. But these were in my home, too. I grew up looking at the pictures and, and learning the stories of God and creation, the stories of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Noah and the ark and Abraham and Sarah. And perhaps these names are familiar to you. Perhaps you learned them at an early age like I did. Or perhaps they're not familiar. Perhaps you don't know the stories. But either way, we have the opportunity to hear them together as a community. And it's always good when we're doing that to start at the beginning, which is where we find our passage for today in the story of creation. Now, again, the version that we read is from the Children of God Storybook Bible. It is interpreted by Desmond Tutu, Archbishop, 
former archbishop in the Anglican Church in South Africa. And if you don't have a copy of this book, I really do encourage you to ask for it for Christmas, regardless of your age, because the illustrations are beautiful. Several artists were commissioned to illustrate it, but also Desmond Tutu is a master storyteller. And of course, he is telling these classic stories of our faith. He's retelling them. And today's story is a perfect example. In this book, it's called God Gives Life, or The Creation. And we can find it in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 31 in our text. So if you're taking notes and you want to know where to find the reference in the translation that you prefer, it's Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 31. In the very beginning, the storybook says, God's love bubbled over, and out of that love, God spoke. And these words, they launch a pattern of activity that gives us the narrative to describe not only the creation of the world, but the creativity of our God. When we read the story in most translations, it is easy to get stuck in the past. The common introduction in the beginning lends itself to that reading. At the very beginning, God created the world way back when, in the past, long ago, and then maybe not at that very moment, but certainly billions and billions of years ago, human beings began to live in it. And that's how we read the story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the truth is that phrase can be translated another way. We can read the story another way, such as in the beginning of God's creation or when God began to create. In the beginning of God's creation, when God began to create. In other words, these creation stories in our Bible These creation stories in our holy text tell us that God was just getting started. The sequence that we read creates such a beautiful rhythm in our ears. God said, let there be. God created. God saw that it was good. There was morning. There was evening. An entire day. God said, let there be. God created. God saw that it was good. And there was morning. And there was evening. An entire day. The sequence is shared six times in our text, and it becomes a pattern. As Just as the children said, a pattern is something that we repeat, and it invites us into a place of expectation as we anticipate what is going to come next. So what we can come to understand when we read the story of creation in this way is that it is in God's very nature to create. This claim is affirmed throughout our biblical narrative as we read about God's interaction in the world and God's interaction with humanity. Over and over again, God seems to make a way where there is no way. And that consistency of God's interaction in the world gives us the basis of the claim to say that God did not only create the world, but God continues to infuse the world with divine creativity. In other words, God has created, God is creating, and God will continue to create. Isn't that good news? God is not finished in our world. God is not finished with us. God is still at work creating. And as people who are designed in the image of God, we are not just invited but expected to participate in that good creative work. But I'm not creative, some of you might say. 
Some of you were thinking that, weren't you? But you are. We often associate that word creative with artists, such as painters and sculptors and musicians and poets and novelists. But creativity is the use of our imagination, which we all possess. All human beings have the capacity in some form to create. That's exactly how we were created. And creativity comes in many forms. It takes place in many settings, from art studios to classrooms to business offices to kitchens to our very own backyards. And it has so many tools, from paintbrushes to whiteboards to calculators to cutting boards to the green grass and the open sky. So the potential to create is all around us because the capacity to create is within us. The potential to create is all around us because the capacity to create is within us, right where we are, just as we are. And if we want to know what kind of creativity really makes a difference in this world, we can look at the way that God created I really adore the way that Desmond Tutu paints that word picture in our reading for today, describing God as bubbling over with love and speaking out of that love and smiling at what is created and delighting in it, laughing even. What we see here is a pattern, a pattern of love and creation straight from the hearts and the hands of God This is not the pattern of hate and destruction that we so often see in the world at the hands and the hearts of human beings. Somewhere along the way, humanity has by and large distorted the pattern of creation as we have acted against our very nature. But we have the capacity and the opportunity to reestablish that pattern in the world by first establishing it in our own lives. And this is easier than we might think in truth because no one really makes something from nothing. For us, for human beings, creativity begins in some way with the practice of sorting, much like Augie and his blocks, The power of creativity doesn't lie so much in one particular creative act or another, but in the repetition of those creative acts, in our patterns of behavior, in other words. Beloved, our patterns of behavior, they create worlds. They create our world. They create the world in which our family lives. They create the world of our coworkers and our friends. They create the world of the people who meet us in the grocery store. Our patterns of behavior create worlds. And it's a sacred responsibility to create with the way that we live our lives. So what I'm saying here is that to be good caretakers of God's creation, as we were taught so many of us in Sunday school long ago, we first must view ourselves as partners in this creative work, continuing to shape the world according to God's good vision. God's vision. Speaking out of love, smiling at what is created, delighting in it and then building on one another's creativity. This is a castle that Natalie made on that same afternoon. 
where her brothers sat about a foot away sorting the blocks, and they worked together, Augie sorting and Natalie building, to create a place where their imaginations could run wild, where a princess could stand at the terrace singing as the dragons flew around her to protect her. And the unicorns, Krista, the unicorns, they ran free in the forest, all enabled by their imagination and their creativity. As the castle took shape, it became clear to me, their mother, that the process of sorting wasn't really to keep the same colors together, separated from all the others, but to take stock of the supplies, to gather an inventory of sorts, to consider which block would fit best so they could create something structurally sound, Natalie hoping that Augie would not knock it over easily, and also interesting and pleasing to the eye, a place where the princess could stand. So is it with our lives. We build our lives one piece at a time with every decision. And this is the greatest work of creation that we will ever perform, our own existence in the world. And yes, sometimes it requires a bit of purposeful deconstruction, remodeling, renovation even. And sometimes we experience destruction beyond our control. But regardless, the human act of creation always starts with a bit of sorting and discovery with the help of the Holy Spirit where we learn to begin to build and rebuild so that the design and the integrity of God's very good creation, us, is revealed. This is the inner work of creation and it's modeled for us by the words of our God in our story saying, let there be. And isn't it good? So, of course, this is our invitation. This is our practice for the week. You know, I have something to invite you into as we move into our week and we live our lives on a daily basis. God is inviting us to participate in the act of creation in our very own lives and in our community. And this work can be done in many ways, but I have some questions that can help us as we consider what is the pattern of my behavior What world am I creating with it? What needs to be sorted out? What is my pattern of behavior? What world am I creating with it? And what needs to be sorted out? These are creative questions because they put us in a place of expectation. Truly, beloved, creativity invites us to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work as we anticipate What comes next for us and for the world? And as we do so, as we do this inner creative work, we will come to recognize that in the beginning, when God created, that was just the beginning. Amen? Amen.